I mean, I just, I to be honest, like this is really where my, not my specialty is, but this is yeah. where I go fucking down a rabbit hole. So this, I could go on about this subject forever. So I Great. could do a whole fucking podcast about love songs. About love and, songs. And I've done, you know, I've done a little bit of scribble about stuff that we could have done. I've, and I couldn't stop. Like it was just the, 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 the talk to me. Talk to me. Let's do it. I, I love the. I love your creative. Are we already in? Let's 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 get lyrical. Some lyrical. I can get so lyrical. This is lyric. Kicking lyrics from my two years. With Carice and Daniel. Hello, Carice. You feeling the love? I'm feeling the love. I always feel the love, but I, you know, I'm not a, a big Valentine's Day um, person. I don't think I've ever celebrated Valentine's Day in my life, nor has any of my, you know, people around me or partners or whatever. Yeah, now that I think about it, I don't know that I ever had like a super successful romantic actually no that's not true last year i had a really nice valentine's day date with somebody who ended up breaking my fucking heart a few months later shit yeah valentine's day is tough you you know you you can feel the love year round but when you're supposed to feel the love when everybody around you is feeling the love when especially on social media everyone's posting about their sweetie and whatever if you're single, it's tough. If you're in like a tricky relationship, it makes you be like, oh. I think it just should be gone. I mean, but it was too late. We should just get rid of it. Too late. Well, you know, people should really, I mean, if one thing could change, if I could just click my fingers and change one thing, just make people stop doing Valentine's Day episodes of their damn podcasts. <laughs> you know what? I cannot stand. <laughs> Sorry, this has nothing to do with it, but I'm just coming into my head. You know, you, sometimes when you see on Instagram, you see sort of couples, like mostly sort of fit, yeah. young, hip couples in sort of training clothes, and, and they do dances together as a couple. And I find it so mm. nauseating. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it, you know, um, yeah, it, it's, it's... I mean, I was already, yeah, I was already triggered when you said fit and young. <laughs> Can you give me a trigger warning for that, please, next time? <laughs> yes. Oh, there's something really that's really bugging me about it. But I, I don't know. It's probably it's probably me. It's probably me. It's nothing to do with them. Well, but I don't. I I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's like you're scrolling through your phone. And you have to watch another couple like doing a little dance. And why are they doing that dance? Because they want to. They're performing. Like they want to. They're like per, the performativeness of Valentine's Day in the social media era. People are like showing off their love and like. Yeah, and it's not that I'm Everything jealous. turns into it. It's a little pageant. Yeah, and it's not that I'm jealous of their relationship. I just find it so sort of wet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? A great word. Yeah, yeah. It's very wet. Yeah, it's very moist. Yeah. Anyway, that was beside the point. Um, but other than that, well, you know, welcome to, to a time. very welcome to an extremely dry Valentine's <laughs> Day episode of Let's Get Lyrical with Carice and Daniel. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. So this is the podcast where we talk about song lyrics. Folks, if you haven't subscribed yet on your favorite podcast platform, do it right now. Subscribe. If you have a chance to give us a rating and a review, please do that. We have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe there. Head on over to patreon.com slash let's get lyrical. 
and check out all the perks we offer. For instance, this episode is going to be even longer if you're a Patreon subscriber and you get to watch it in full. Watch the lyrics right in front of your face and watch our beautiful, love-inducing faces. Carice is actually eating lunch right now as we're doing this. It's incredibly attractive. Sorry, guys. And yeah. I'm wearing, and I'm, and it's seven in the morning here, and in a Megadeth, my t-shirt. hair looks crazy in a mega in a Megadeth T-shirt. You know, we're just base. It's just basically, we're just two walking aphrodisiacs, really. <laughs> we'll get you going if you and your sweetie are having, you know, problems with the chemistry, or whatever. We're here to fix you. Forget, we're here to fix you. Forget the porn. Just just subscribe to Patreon. Just put us on. We could do that. We could do and, like a, and just sorry, like a live one where people can ask us for a relationship advice. Oh, we totally should. And well, they, you know, you know, it'd be great. They ask us for advice, and instead of giving them advice, we play them a song. Yes, that answers there. Maybe we'll do that. I think so. It's nice to do some interactive stuff. Yeah, well, we especially want to do that for our Patreon subscribers. That's one of the incentives of of joining, yeah. but. Uh, we might have, we might have to do that for everybody just as a little a little teaser a little you know little come hither mm-hmm. sort of thing so we've we've been racking our brains going back and forth for days now about how to organize this episode because we know it's going to be a multi-part episode we know we can't just do one episode about love songs i mean the fact is we're going to have to be stretching this topic out over months because most of pop music is about love most poetry in history is about love um, life is about so how do we organize it life it's it's certainly a human fixation <laughs> human beings seem to be very interested in it um it's always trending so we were looking for different ways to organize this and i don't know that we've come up with a good one so i think we're just going to dive into the songs that grab our attention around this time of year and that i mean carice you're you have copious notes. You've really been preparing yes, for this episode. So why don't you kick this off? Because, you know, you, you can be, uh, um, you know, an expert on, on, on metal, but I'm an expert on love songs. Like, this is my thing. This is really um, 99% of my library is this shit, is, is love songs All right. or, you know, anything that's, that is in that sort of romantic, I guess, world. Um Romantic, is that the right word? I'm not sure. But um, anyway, there's a lot of songs I can pull from and, and I really enjoy. Okay, so what I did my research, you know, and <laughs> um, <laughs> what I noticed is, you know, we were talking about, should we look for songs that sort of um, talk about the, like the perfect love or the way we want to see love and, you know, the, sort of a perfect picture and then what love really is. That was sort of our, you know, our, our idea, right? Mm-hmm. And then while I was looking at, looking and listening to all these songs, I thought there's there's hardly anything that really describes what it should be. It's just what people want want it to be. Fucking desperation. There's there's ninety nine percent is desperation and projection. Yes. And then and then there's you know the the rare fucking Stevie Wonder. That is all good, and there's a rare sort of spiritual song here and there. But, but, but the thing that's really touched me and what almost brought me to tears when I was listening to all these songs, we all want it so bad, mm. you know. And it's however we get it, and it's and it really struck me how how 
yeah, how not desperate, but how um, how it's put on the other person to make <laughs> us happy. Yes. No, you complete me. All that shit. Yeah, uh, I have nothing, nothing, nothing if I don't have you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the bed's too big without. I mean, there's so much of that there. Yeah, and it's also because of the volume of it. It's such a strong power, you know, because we all we, are struggling with that. Well, and the entire pop music industry is based on. Yeah, it's you know, in psychological terms, it's attachment longing. You know, we're we're all trying to fill. I mean, look, human beings are interdependent beings. It's not like we, it's not like I'm not looking for some enlightened ideal of human beings who just, I don't need anybody. Like, it doesn't feel good to be in bed with somebody else. No, fuck no. Of course it feels good. Like, you know, to be looking in someone's eyes and to be met and all that. Like, it's this paradox because on the one hand, we do need each other. But on the other hand, like pop music plays on the like constant void and the, the unfillable, unquenchable thirst, and not only that, but the kinds of relationships that are doomed <laughs> to not satisfy because they're not based on the foundation of two, you know, complete human beings who know themselves. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I would never fall into this trap myself in my own love life. I'm much too not. advanced for that. But <laughs> I just noticed that these pop songs are just really pathetic. <laughs> it's It's... It's really, um, and it's also funny because I think 99% of my library is this shit. Of course. It's the yearning, it's the longing, it's the, and not even necessarily a partner, but the longing in general for something. We like the, the you know, the saudade, the, the, the Tosca, as the Russians say it, there's, there's all these words for not, not being satisfied in yourself and therefore needing that other partner or the, the, the touch or the, there's so much, <laughs> and also they're not they're not subtle about it. Most of the singers, <laughs> or songwriters, well, no. they, they wouldn't they wouldn't sell records if they were. No, I know, but it's just so when you read it, it is because uh, when you hear it, so music can sort of put a layer over that. You know, right, 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 right. Same with Kelly Clarkson, but then when you read it, it's like it's so desperate. <laughs> it's like yeah, if you, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, if you take the lyrics literally, it, it, if you brought those lyrics and read them to your therapist, she'd be like, I think we need to see each other twice a week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, ease us into the bubble bath. What are we going to get started with first? Okay. I was just wondering whether I should start light and funny or whether I should just start. No, I'll just start with Wild is the Wind. Just oh, the nice. Classic. Nice. Nina Simone? Or David Bow. You, your pick. They're both fucking incredible. So that's your pick. Let's do Nina. Yeah. Okay. I think we mentioned this. We mentioned this song on an earlier episode. We might have. Yeah. And then I think you said something like, "We'll come back to that on in the in the in the love, in the love episode." Yeah. If I put uh, push mute, can I eat? Keep eating? Yes. Okay, because I need to get some risotto in my my stomach. All right, folks, this is what you're missing if you're not a Patreon subscriber. You you could be watching Carice Van Houten eat risotto while we listen to Nina Simone, Wild as the Wind. Love me, love me, love me. 
written for a Hollywood movie called Wild is the Wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1957 film. And I don't know much about the movie who was in it. Uh, Anthony Quinn, Anna Magnani, yeah. Anthony Franco, Franco, Franciosa. Um, sort of a romantic. And it was based on a 1947 Italian film, Fury. So if you're going to write a song for a Hollywood film to be a, like a radio hit, you don't want to put too much pain into it. But the pain no, is, yeah. I mean, but so, but then, but but then, Nina Simone comes along, and Nina Simone is, you know, she excavates it for all of that. But let's so let's take a look at this lyric, um, and and see what it's doing. I mean, because look, obviously, the music does what it does, the singer does what she does. Yeah. Talk to me about how you feel about this song. Well, you know, I've always really felt it was sort of a very romantic sort of love song, but the more I listen to it and, you know, especially uh, Nina Simone bring in so much drama, mm, the drama, <laughs> yeah. you know, the ne- this necessity and the sort of, yeah, the drama that's behind it. It's sort of, she won't be able to live if this not, it's not going her way. You know, it, that, that's the sort of life and death thing that I feel is so palpable in this song. It's, it's of course, connected to who she is and, and her performance in general, I think. But yes. it's that strength and the vulnerability vulnerability at the same time. Yes. Um but um uh, in the beginning it's sort of it's still sort of quite um, innocent. You know, it's just So love me, love me, love me, love me four times. Say you do, let me fly away with you, for my love is like the wind and wild is the wind, wild is the wind. Yeah, so I I'm really feeling this, but I need you to to you know ignite it, I guess, or to to mm. be part of that. And then no, not just one caress. Just give me more. I'm hungry. Yeah, give me more that than one fine. caress. Like some love songs would say, just give me just just one caress. But already yeah. this this lyrics like nope, I want Insatiable. more. And satisfy this hungriness. Hungriness is not a word most. English speakers use. I think it is a word. I looked it up, but we'd say hunger, but they, but satisfy this hungriness, the poeticness of that. It rhymes with caress. I'm so hungry that I'm not just going to say hunger. I'm going to call it hungriness. I'm going to give me more than just one, than two syllables. Give me three syllables. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what I notice? It's, it's, it's Mm. like, it's like uber (laughs) poetic, like on the page, it's almost a little too much. Like, for my love is like the wind and wild is the wind. Wild mm-hmm. is the wind. Like it's almost over explaining the metaphor. Like, yeah. cause you, you could just trust that someone knows what the wind is like. Cause mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like let me fly with, for my love is like the wind. Oh, and what I'm, by the way, what I mean, wild is the wind, you know, the, the and, yeah, not, but- and not the wind is wild. Wild is the wind. True. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I'm not criticizing yeah. it. I'm just saying it's a funny, it's like this, added extra it adds i think to what you're talking about 
the hunger, the desperation, the necessity. I need you to understand how serious this is for me. And they do it again in the second stanza. Let the wind blow through your heart for wild is the wind. Yeah. Yeah, she really needs you to know. Really needs you um, to and then, it, you know, then it's sort of quite sweet when she said, you, you, you know, when you, you touch me, I hear the sound of mandolins. That's sort of, you know, quite cute and sweet. But then the, 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 that's the line that always has touched me so much that uh, kiss me with your kiss, my life begins. That I find that so sad. Yes, and and beautiful at the same time. You know, it's it's you, that you can be ignited by something like a kiss, and that 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 will actually start your motor. And before that, there's nothing. <laughs> well, what it suggests to me, like if if someone said that to me, I want you to kiss me, and when you kiss me, my life's going to begin. I'd be like. I'm don't, I don't Wrong. think I'm, I don't I, I, I don't think I'm in I, I can be open minded, but I don't think I'm into necrophilia. Like, I don't think I want to kiss a dead person to bring them to life. Like, if what? your life if your life begins when I kiss you, it must mean you're dead. Maybe I'm being yeah, too okay. literal. You're taking it very literal. Is that, <laughs> no, are but, you reading? No, but no, no, no. But I mean, not, I mean, that's the literal. I'm kind of joking. But like, if. I don't know if I want that burden. If someone wants, like, if 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 their life is gonna begin with me loving them, and who who am I meeting? Who am I loving? I know that's what I mean. It's so yeah. dramatic. It's so desperate in a way, and so sad because yeah, and she then, so needs the other person to push the button to for her to to start moving in life, yeah. to, to actually experience something. Yeah, and so sort of what is there? If that button is not pushed, I just find it so utterly sad. I um, mean, my God. And then you're, but, and they do it again in the next few lines. You're spring to me. Okay, that's nice. That's like Cole Porter would say that, you know, or Rogers and mm -hmm. Hammerstein would say that. Mm -hmm. All things to me. You're not just spring, like, it's almost like a bait and switch. Like, yeah. you're like, you know, yeah. younger than springtime are you, you know? No, you're all things to me. Yeah. And then, in, in case in case the point hasn't been driven home, the next line. Yeah, don't, don't you know, your, know life your life itself? Oh my yeah. God, this is. It's but very, this is also why yeah. it's so. We're talking about attachment disorders before. You know why this is because it's so extreme. The sad thing about it is, you know. And maybe I'm reading too much into this, but is it's not about this other person uh, anymore for a long time. This is pure projection and trauma put put on this person who uh -huh. needs to, to kiss her quick before she fucking gets mad. And we all know what Nina Simone is like when she gets mad. Yes. Well, not to put it on to Nina Simone, but you know what I mean. Like it, it. Yeah. Lauren Hill. It, Lauren Hill has that one lyric about. Nina Simone, that's always confused me. I'm not sure if it if there's some if she's talking about something that actually happened. She says, I'll be Nina Simone and defecating on your microphone. So why you imitating alcohol? I'll be Nina Simone and defecating on your microphone. Ready or not, here I come. And I think she's I, I think she's just meaning like I shit on like you people of weaker skills, like you MCs of weaker skills. But I'm like did that happen? Did did Nina Simone do that? <laughs> no, no, but dude, with her spit and with her fire and her 
She probably yeah. grew, grew, grew up, grossed up some microphones along the way. Yeah, and and oh yeah, and she yeah. So exactly, you 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 see. I think this is, and then well, let's just finish the lyric. Yeah, like and a, then it like, gets worse. Like a leaf clings to a tree. Oh my darling, cling to me. Talk about projection. Who's the clinger here? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it really is deceiving because it's it really is. For we, yeah. for we're like creatures in the wind and wild as the wind. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is not a very good lyric, but yeah. like it's actually it's like, like yeah yeah. But what's incredible is, and what I mean by that is, it's overwrought, it's over poetic, it's overdone, it's overheated. Like it just it just kind of loses it loses control of itself in a way, mm-hmm. and it relies on the beauty of the music and of the performer to kind of. Uh, flesh itself out but what's incredible about that is when you take a lyric like this tied to a very romantic melody like this and you give it to a performer like Nina Simone and David Bowie who's obviously very influenced by her the darker undercurrents of the lyric come out because I don't think you're going to hear that in the Johnny Mathis version no, and I think he probably didn't even realize this at all. He just thought, oh, I need to make a fucking romantic song for this film. And it's yep. called Wild as a Wind. You better put the fucking title in there somewhere. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But yeah, I, we were also not talking, we're, we're not doing this podcast just podcast just about good lyrics, right? We're just talking about lyrics. Oh, no, no, no. We want to look at lyrics because, I mean, <laughs> lyrics work on one level and they don't work on another and they work in, in strange ways and, you know. You could take yep. a great, great lyric and put it with the wrong music and it'll sound wrong. Uh, I mean, there are certainly yeah. very, I'll say this, there are very striking lines in this song. Like, with your kiss, my life begins is a beautiful individual line, yeah. the sound of mandolins. Uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, it's just the first sort of thing that came to mind when we were talking about love songs and, and also yeah. to- because of that line, because it's so, it's always stuck with me that there's something that I, I guess, in a way relate to, but at the same time, I'm fearful of, and, and I have noticed mm. it's always, that it's like, oh, ooh, that's tricky, tricky, so a tricky um, ground there. Um, the, the clingy side? Sorry? The clingy side of love? The clingy side, yeah. The, 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 um, um, dependent and yeah anyway i thought it was just a nice start to get into the great start into the the, uh the psyche uh i i think it's i think it's a fantastic pick and when i say i don't think it's a very good lyric i mean like speaking as a lyricist if someone brought this into a lyrics class i would have criticism but as far as like you and me talking about love songs it's a really great example of um and it's all the there's a it, it it it's a bit of an art song too. Like it 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 doesn't necessarily feel like a jazz standard or like a pop song. Like it's it's a little extra poetic. Yeah, and especially of course with her piano playing and the and the slow intro, the d- dramatic oh my dramatic God. intro. Yeah, it takes a long time. Meanwhile, yeah. I, I've got the the romantic morning sun coming in through my window now. Nice. Well, you yeah. have to be a Patreon member to to see <laughs> to that, see. guys. That's this beautiful right. flair. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
Anyway, should I go on with my fourteen hundred other <laughs> songs, or you want keep to- it coming? No, 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 no. Maybe, maybe you should just run today's episode, and I'll bring on, I'll bring in all my shitty love songs next time. Let's see how I it mean, goes. We could, you know, because this is a very um, this podcast is going to come out first, so maybe we should talk about Bert Bacharach for a second. Yeah, and we should pay a little bit of a tribute. I mean, he's he was going to come by pass at some point anyway and yes. i think this is probably a very good day to to mention him and to no doubt listen to him, to yeah. read him i guess yeah r.i.p to one of the real great pop composers of the late 20th century yeah so what what song so, of his comes to mind mine um I mean, I guess we could do. I, I'll. I, um, what do you get when you fall in love? That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A slightly softer version of <laughs> "Wildest Wind." Um, well, so I, I'm assuming that so Bacharach was not a lyricist; he was the composer. So I'm, I'm assuming Hal David wrote the lyrics to that song. Oh, of course. Um, I think so. Yeah, it's Hal David. Hal David was his lyricist collaborator for almost its entire career. You know, he collaborated also with um, Elvis Costello at one point and others. Yes, that's uh, a record that I listened to a million yeah. times. Yeah. So this song is called I'll Never Fall in Love Again. That's the title. Of it. Tomorrow. That's the line. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'll never fall in love again. All right. So I mean, good. It's the same with any. It's so good. And it's the same with it, like with any addiction. You just said one more chocolate and then it's over. One more right. cigarette. Still now and tomorrow we'll see again. Yeah, that's right. I'm done. I'm done at least until tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, that that's the line that makes the song. What do you yeah. get when you fall in love? You only get lies and pain and sorrow. So for at least until tomorrow, I'll never fall in love again. Yeah, it's a classic A-A-B-A song. You know, you got the A section, the second A section, and then a B section with slightly different, with different music and different, you know, rhythmic meter and all that. And then a concluding A, and it takes you on a journey. Uh, the first A, basically just the thesis statement, you know, Love sucks. Love is not worth the trouble. Second A, nice little joke on the, you get enough germs to catch pneumonia. After you do, he'll never phone you. I, I feel like that's maybe a little bit of a euphemism for other kinds of diseases you might catch when you kiss a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never fall in love again. Um, and then don't tell me what it's all about. Oh, so the I didn't read the lyrics to the first one. What do you get when you fall in love? A guy with a pin to burst your bubble. That's what you get for all your trouble. I'll never fall in love again. I'll never fall in love again. Very, very concise. And then the B mm. section, don't tell me what it's all about because I've been there and I'm glad I'm out. Out of those chains, that those chains that bind you. That is why I'm here to remind you. What do you get when you fall in love? You only get lies and pain and sorrow. So for at least until tomorrow, I'll never fall in love again. No, no. I'll never fall in love again. Musically speaking, just to give props to Bacharach, he does, so many of his songs have this kind of peppy, that kind of like soft, 
slightly jazzy uh these days kind of hokey sounding but very cool like super cool mod 60s you can imagine austin powers you know kind of grooving to it (laughs) but then he does these things with uh like strange chord changes you wouldn't expect you know uh no never fall in love again yeah no one no one else would ever do that like that's also that what makes him Bert Beckerick and also is that what we as a listener and as maybe not as a you know as a trained musician are is that what we uh are attracted by like is is that I think think what's satisfying about his music well, it, I mean, so there's the there's the bed of it, which is just the groove and the sound and the arrangements and the the singers he uses, Dionne Warwick, being you know one of the most prominent. But the lyrics are fun to listen to. The way you know, what's that? It feels easy to remember. Like they feel it's catchy, right? It it feels very. Now that so see so far that that far into it the melody could just be music like it could just be mm-hmm. you know dun, da, da, dun, 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 I'll never fall in love never fall in love again that's where it gets a little sly that little ex, that there's a kind of a wink there's a there's a slight edge to it but it's still done with a smile mm-hmm. and he also does it, this is a little technical but he does a lot of time signature changes you know, where, where it, instead of staying in a straight four, four, he'll mm-hmm. like stretch a word out and then complete the line. Like it, it's, it takes you out of your comfort zone just enough, but keeps you comfortable. It's always very, it's like going on a, it's almost like if you're on like a merry-go-round or something and it slightly jolts you a little bit, but then it takes you back into the, it's like, it's, it's exciting within the confines of comfort. I would say that's how yeah. I would describe Backrack's music and Hal David's lyrics, they're clever. They're not, they don't take up too much space. He really knows who he's writing for. He knows who his composer is. So he knows that his composer can do a lot with a little. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good collaboration. Yeah. And I love the one with Elvis Costello as well. Oh my God. Talking about a breakup um, record. That's the one with God give me strength, right? Yeah. 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 Um, have you have, have you have you ever said to yourself, "I'll never fall in love again"? Um, no. <laughs> um, well, maybe I mean I've been sick of it and just sort of, but but more like, or said that I would would never fall in love anymore. Like that's more the feeling that I think I remember. Like that was. My last time. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I blew, never I blew my last time. I'll never meet I'll never meet it. That one I have thought many, many times. Well, <laughs> Not like I had a good it. run. <laughs> That's the end of it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can keep going. Like, to, Yeah, I, please do. I, you, yeah? you brought some okay. great ones today. Okay, I'm going to go for a little bit, fun, like going up a little bit more into, into funny, cute. Great. Great. Um, it's uh, it's it's uh, John Prine, mm-hmm. and uh, what's her name? Uh, 
Irish demand. Yeah, Irish yeah. demand. He's my baby, and I'm his honey. Never gonna let him go. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. We're gonna spike our noses right off of our faces. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. In spite of ourselves. Oh, I fucking love this song so much. It's very cute. It's very, very cute. It is cute because it's, it, you know, when, when they're singing about, we, we'll, we, we won't be nothing but big old hearts, there won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. It's sort of, you know, sort of too good to be true and a bit sort of comic and cartoony. But at the same time. And they know it. And they know it completely. Yeah. But, it, you know, I, I this is how I think Homer, Homer and Marge Simpson's marriage is sort of. I think you know? that's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. And, I think and it right. also there's something very safe about it that he mentions things that are sort of maybe not per se very whatever um, elegant or very personal to her and he still loves her. So there's also something very um, appealing for me about, about this. They're secure enough in their love to tease each other. Uh... Let's there's look at the humor lyrics. there. There's a lot of humor, yeah. So she don't like her eggs all runny. She thinks crossing her legs is funny. I like that little, that use of eggs all runny, legs is funny. You know, the, mm-hmm. the extra rhyming in there. Although he uses eggs and legs later, which I would give him a slight demerit for. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like you already used it. You already used it. Come up yeah. with something else. We already know yeah. about her, her eggs and her legs. Yeah. Um, she looks down her nose at money. She gets it on like an Easter bunny. Like I, I like these like little horny lines out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Um, they're also sort of so clear and so sort of unelegant. Unelegant. But then she's, you know, her first line is what? He ain't got laid in a month of Sundays. Yeah. And I like the rhyme Sundays and undies. Cause in that vernacular, basically Sundays, undies. Um, I got sniff of my undies. It's kind of funny <laughs> for like, his girlfriend or his wife to say he ain't got laid in a month of Sundays. Cause she's basically saying, I haven't gone near him in a month. <laughs> he's, I make him so desperate. He's sniffing my underwear. He ain't too sharp, but he gets things done. Drinks his beer. Like it's oxygen. Yeah. Like they're teasing each other. And, uh, and you know, he's my baby. I'm his honey. I'm never going to let him go. That's very sweet. And then in spite of ourselves, the title of it really says it all because what does that phrase mean? It means, you know, we probably don't even mean to be sweet to each other. We probably like, we probably wouldn't if we were thinking about it, but you know what? We can't help it. Like despite all our flaws in, you know, you know, in spite of our, our kind of crusty cynical sides, Mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, we're the big door prize. That's such a great line. Where does that Mm -hmm. come? Like who writes that? Like that's so John Prine. It just comes from out of nowhere. It does rhyme with eyes, I guess, but it's it's really uh, it's carnival, you know, like the, the door prize at at some sort of uh, it. You know, I, I just imagine like a big stuffed teddy bear or something. <laughs> We're gonna spite our noses right off of our faces, like we'll almost deliberately 
say, fuck it, we're in love. <laughs> there won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. That's great. Convict movies make her horny. The details are what make it so funny. Yeah. Con- convict movies. <laughs> she wears like a sailor when she shaves her legs. I mean, you can see her just, oh, fucking shit. <laughs> you know, you just... Um, yeah, I, I really, I, I, and, and it, this is also something that I've always sort of been attracted to in, 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 in older couples where, you know, if the humor is still there, there's so mm. much you can, you can get to, I think, if you, if you can keep that. And if you had mm. the initiative, you know, I've always, I used to have a relationship with someone like 25 years ago and his parents were in my, in my eyes, the Americans, like a sitcom family, like when the, when the Cosby show was still a cute show before we knew, we know what we know now, uh, before we knew what we know now, I always thought they were like that. You know, they were like Phil and Claire Huxtable in bed, still Cliff. teasing each other. Cliff, what's his name? Phil? Did Cliff. I say Phil? Cliff, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I just always thought, oh, that's, that's what, what I want, you know? That's sort yeah. of the teasing older couple. The fun. Yep. Well, and, you know, they been... might be more streets. These people, there might might be a little bit more Homer and March, but but still, a little more Middle America as opposed to Brooklyn yeah. Heights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but the the familiarity, uh, you know, familiarity can breed contempt, but familiarity can also breed intimacy and. Um, um, uh, that's what you would hope from a long marriage. My parents just are, you know, celebrating. They just had their 53rd wedding anniversary. Wow. You know. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And people ask me if they're still in love. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But what's interesting is that they've had to work through a lot of, like they're much more peacefully in love now than they ever were before. And they've had to work through a lot of stuff. And now I think they could they'd much be be much more able to sing a song like this, you know, mm. when, when we were kids, my mom's talked about how, if, you know, if she had had her head about her, she might've left him, Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, but as people get older, they mellow. Yeah. Well, if that, not, always. If that lo- not always they can. And if they do, if they can mellow together in a, in a positive direction, then you might get to this place. On them, both of them. Like it's really yeah. quite something. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. And I think, you know, what I like about, I mean, maybe not this particular couple, but, you know, I have friends who, who bicker. They're so good at bickering and they, but you'd always feel that there's enough safety there to do that. You know, there's, there's, hmm. they feel like they, they can throw shit at each other and they, they are really sort of, it's it's unpleasant to be around because you're like, ah, oh, just raised, you know, just keep the volume down a little bit. Why does it have to be always so open and sort of so shameless? But at the same time, it's, they'll make it up in like a set, you know, it's, it's, there's no fear of that sort of what your dad talks about the, 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 um, the healthy anger. They have, they have healthy anger, you know? If yeah. I never, them, yeah. So I never witnessed that in my parents. My parents would, fight, 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 fight. And then they'd have to have long talks to make it up and they would do all of it in front of us. So, or at least within plain view. So it wasn't the kind of like healthy bickering where it's like, ah, no big deal. It was never no big deal. It, everything was a big deal. Yeah. 
And I don't think I've ever had a relationship where um, fighting was lighthearted or fun or healthy. In fact, I think most of my relationships I've like probably been afraid of anger in relationships. Mm -hmm. So I've like probably stuffed things down. And then when it comes out, it comes out. Like some, yeah, sometimes like if you do that, sometimes you can make the other person do the fighting for you. You like, mm. you know, sort of I'm going to stay calm, which drives the woman crazy because she knows that there's things that are not being said. And she's like trying to get through to you and or trying to get through to me and wanting to have a genuine exchange. And she knows I'm yeah. not expressing what's there, you know? So yeah, yeah that, that I wouldn't want to be in a relationship where there's constant bickering, but the ability to disagree and to, to not thr- to know that the relationship is secure enough to survive a disagreement or even a, a strong moment of conflict that you have that love language to reconnect. Yeah. That, that's the goal. Yeah. And I think, you know, in this case, I don't think that, I mean, I'm sure that she's had, they had a fight of, or, or two about his drinking his beer, like it's oxygen. But the fact that she immediately says after he's my baby, I'm his honey, you know, they've worked through some stuff. They've, they've, you know. Well, they accept each other, don't they? Yeah. They put up with some things. They tolerate some things they don't like, but they fundamentally accept who the other one is. Yeah. In this song. I don't know. (laughs) In real life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How they were doing. Yeah. I can think Hmm. of uh, a song about an older couple. Um, yeah. but do we want to keep this episode on songs that you're bringing or should, should we go back and forth it a bit? It doesn't matter. No, I mean, whatever feels good. If you feel okay. like, oh, I, am, I, I, I don't want, I want to jump into this and to go for it. Well, it just reminds me of, uh, I, I, this, yeah, this song came to mind for me. This is from a musical. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I have to. Explain. You've never seen Fiddler on the Roof? Unheard of. Absurd. No. Carice, this is one of the great musicals. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure, but it sort of has passed me. I don't know how or what or when. Well, you better, I'm giving you a month to watch it, or I'm going to send the Jewish Anti-Defamation League to your house to have a talk <laughs> with you. <laughs> so this is, so the story of Fiddler on the Roof, Tevia the Milkman and his wife Golda live in the small shtetl Jewish village of Anatevka in Russia, Poland, Lithuania, whatever it was back then in the 1910s or so, or maybe maybe the late ni- the late 19th century, and um, you know they're they're trying to hold on to a traditional life in the face of changing times, and one by one their daughters are marrying off, and they're not marrying the men that they would have them marry. Like the first daughter decides to marry the village tailor, who is a poor small business owner who doesn't have anything going for him instead of marrying the rich butcher who, you know, you're supposed to have arranged marriages. The Papa's supposed to decide who the daughter marries, but he ends up giving his blessing to his daughter to marry the man she loves, which is a radically modern thing. And then her second daughter wants to marry someone else who's untraditional. I forget exactly what that was. There's one daughter later who might marry someone that he can't give the blessing to because he's not Jewish, and that's a huge turning point. But before that, this song, he starts to think about, well, okay, my daughters are 
are marrying from the heart. They're choosing their life partners based on their feelings. But that's not him. That's not how, how him and his wife Cut met. together. They were arranged. So they've been married 25 years. And he asks her this question in this song. Maybe it's indigestion. Uh, no, Golda, I'm asking you a question. Do you love me? You're a fool. I know. But do you love me? Do I love you? Well. For 25 years I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked your cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? The lyrics are by Sheldon Harnick, um, who is still alive, I believe. Is Sheldon still alive? Yeah, I think he's still alive. Um, I got to look this up because I met him. He he sat on the board of um, an award that I won, the Ed Kleban Prize for lyrics. And... um, yeah, he's still alive. He's ninety-eight years old. Wow. Wow. And he was married to Elaine. He was Larry. He was married to Elaine May briefly in the sixties. Um, yeah. So he was on the board of this this big musical theater lyrics award that I I won. And when I got to when I won it, when I accepted it at the ceremony, my mom came to town, and she got to sit next to him, and talk to him, and it was just the most sweetest thing. I still have pictures because she grew up listening to Fiddler on the Roof and it reminded her of, you know, her dad. And he is one of my favorite musical theater lyricists. He's so warm and clever Mm. and sharp, but always just, but, and warm without being sentimental. Like he, he has a sense of human awkwardness and, Mm -hmm. um, and self-deprecating Jewish humor. And so this, this interaction between these two is just so simple you know, do you think Sondheim would have been more cynical, like would have been more distant in a way, or if he would have had to write this? <laughs> well, I could play you a Sondheim song called "Could I Leave You," which, which you know, do I love you? Do you love me? You know, could I leave you? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that would be a good breakup song to play. I, I could play it next if you want. We can go there. If this is just a free associated episode, we're just kind of going from song to song. Um, break yeah, new relationship, yeah. break up. Fully yeah, 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 break yeah, up. yeah. I mean, love is a whole world, right? Love songs are a yeah. whole world of things. Um, yeah. I mean, Sondheim is much more acerbic. I, I don't know Sondheim to write just straight up sweet, warm moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, look yeah, at a song. Like, look at look at a song like. Sorry, a pebble. In the sh- there's always a pebble in the shoe somewhere. Oh yeah, time. yeah, a very sharp one. I mean, you look at a song like "Send in the Clowns." Mm. "Send in the Clowns" is a song of someone saying, oh, "God damn it!" Like after all this time, finally we have a chance to get together, and you don't want me. Aha! Uh-huh, of course, you know this. And also Sondheim writing his own music. Sondheim does not write music that's this warm. And the music is by Jerry Bach. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's this combination. Like we said about Burke Bacharach with Hal David. Hal David's lyrics are very sweet and kind of innocent sounding. And they sit on top of this like comfortable bed, this like soft pillow of Bacharach, which sometimes will kind of shift underneath you. The combination of Harnick and Bach is always very warm. And then 
Harnick brings in a little bit of cleverness, a little bit of edge, little, but it's not edge. It's irony. It's not sarcastic. It's ironic. Mm-hmm. So the, the, look, the lyric starts off. Do you love me? And she says, do I what? <laughs> this is a really good start. Yeah. And actually in the singing, isn't great in the movie version In in the Broadway show, zero Mustel played, um, uh, Tevia and I forget who played his wife, but there's actually a melody to it. It's like, do you love me? And she goes, do I what? Like she sings <laughs> this high, high note. Do I what? Do you <laughs> love me? Do I love you? Um, and so she, she immediately doesn't want to answer the question. I love how the song is this progression of him trying to get her to answer a question. She doesn't know what he's talking about. With yeah. our daughters getting married and this trouble in the town, you're upset. You're one out. You're go inside. Yeah. Go lie down. <laughs> the ultimate something choice. wrong with you. There's something you're wrong all. with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, which 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 reminds me, of course, of a, a very great Jewish joke. Uh, Jewish kid comes home from school saying, "Mama, Mama, I got a role in the school play." Uh, mother says, great, who are you playing? Kid says, I'm playing the Jewish husband. And the mother says, what, they couldn't have given you a speaking role? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So go inside, go lie down. Maybe it's indigestion. And then Tevya speaks, Golda, I'm asking you a question. Now, again, that's that's just very funny to make those to make that part of the lyric, right? That rhyme there, mm-hmm. indigestion, yeah. and this sincere. I'm Golda. I'm asking you a question. So it's both funny, but it's also very touching because she's trying to pawn it off as like, you know, you got stomach problems, and he's saying, "No, really, I'm asking. Do you love me?" And then she says, "You're a fool." So it's not. So the first one was, "Do I what?" Now it's, "You're a fool," like a total dismissal. It's more forceful, right? And he yeah. says, "I know." But do you love me? Do I love you? For 25 years, I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked the cow after 25 years. Why talk about love right now? And I don't know. I just I just love that because you would think that those things are expressions of love. But for her, they're just what you do. Yeah. She's actually never connected all that to love. That's obligation. That's being a wife. What does that have to do with love in her world? So, you know, I spoke about the AABA format in the Bacharach song. This is another AABA. So we've had two A sections and now we go into the B section. And the B section is where things get opened up, where we reveal something new, where sort of the heart underneath it gets exposed. If you think of the song Yesterday by the Beatles, you know, the B section is why she had to go, I don't know, she wouldn't say, which is the first time we learned that there's a she. Before that, it was just yesterday, I miss yesterday, blah, 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 blah. And then the music changes, why she had to go, I don't know, she wouldn't say. So here, the B section tells us, the first time I met you was on our wedding day. I was scared. I was shy. I was nervous, so was I. And then now they're starting to have a conversation. They're trying to trace back, how did this all happen? But uh, my father and my mother said we'd learn to love each other, and now I'm asking Golda, do you love me? 
and then this is the best line in the, in the in the song. I think, "Do you love me?" She says, "I'm your wife," and he says, "I know, but do you love me?" Yeah. <laughs> and Harnick really shows us again in these very subtle ways how this repeated question is affecting her, because now she goes internal. She re responds, mm -hmm. not do I love you, but do I love him? She's speaking to herself now. For 25 years, I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. So she's really asking herself now, right? She's, mm -hmm, she's, mm -hmm. she's more vulnerable now that now that she's connected to remembering that memory of the bride she was. If that's not love, what is? And then he comes in triumphantly. Then you love me. I suppose I do. And I suppose I love you too. And then they sing together really for the first time in the entire song. Little coda outro. It doesn't change a thing. But even so, after 25 years, it's nice to know. Yeah. Now I also feel like... Yeah. Yeah. No, Go ahead. Please. No, no, no. You... No, I just was wondering, you know, when we talk about Sondheim or what he would have done with this, I also feel like he probably probably would have stretched his even longer, like really yes. didn't let her give in that easily. You know, he would probably go into the drama of them being so sort of, you know, an old married couple. Yeah. And there would have been more of a fight and more specific accusations. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, yeah. It, it has to do with who is writing the music. I mean, I don't yeah. know if the lyrics came first, but let's say the music came first. Jerry Bach gives mm -hmm. him this melody. Da, 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 da. Da 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 da. It's very spare and very simple. Sondheim would would not. Yeah, I just I think you're right. I don't think he would get them from A to B to C this quickly. No, it would have been too easy. I think for him, like in his process. No, I don't think, and I don't think he trusted love in that way. No, that's what I mean. Like in his process, I think it would have taken longer before there was any sort of opening. Sometimes I wish I lived in a time where marriages were arranged. It would be a lot less effort on my part. <laughs> You'd be rolling the dice, but at least, you know, you get paired up with Careful somebody. Careful what you wish for. Careful, Careful what you, you wish, wish for. for. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, you know, have you been married? No. No, I you have a child, but you haven't been married. Yeah. I've been I've been married, and I don't have a child. And um, yeah, but I imagine what it would be like to be married to someone twenty five years, and then to look back and be like, "Wait a minute, did we somehow fall in love?" And I love how Tevia really it is Marge. It it this also reminds me of Marge and Homer, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sort of sweet goofy husband. <laughs> sweet. I don't know if he's, if he's that sweet, but. He has a warm. Wow. There, he's a good heart. He's got a. Yeah. He's got a. Yeah, he's got a, a a warm, soft side underneath all of his yeah. foolishness. <laughs> so, that was a very sweet beginning to our Valentine's Day exploration, <laughs> which I think is nice because this is the episode that'll come out the day before Valentine's Day. So we'll get everyone into a. No one can accuse us of ruining their Valentine's Day with, with but these. He's songs. gonna. You can just feel. He's gonna. You can just feel it. Yeah, so everyone enjoy, <laughs> enjoy your Valentine's week. Because Well, you still can. Well, you still can. Because next week, we're going to hit you with some real love songs. I'm searching for a real love. 
the way love actually is, at least for us. Damn it. Oh, my goodness. God damn it. Talk to your, talk for yourself, Daniel. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I'm talking to a real romantic. I don't want to ruin it for you either. Uh, but no, these were great songs. I thought, I thought those were all lovely and they, they really convey just different sides of the, the hopefulness of love. I mean, that first song did have that desperate side, but that's, that's what a lot of us bring to the table. Yeah. But you know, there I've so many more sweet songs as well. So we can we can do like a fight. You bring the sweeter song I get, the the, the tougher you get in the other on the other oh, side. Oh yeah. I mean I have a few sweet songs too. Like I have a, there's an indigo girls song I love called Power of Two that I'll I'll bring in one of these weeks. That's I'm not I'm not I'm not only about the brutal anti-romantic no, stuff i i, I do have a, a sweet romantic side but i do love songs that can i do love love songs that can depict the the trap of it and the difficulty of it and and all of that too but look mm -hmm. you and me we we make a good we make a good match when it comes to bringing in different kinds of lyrics i think different yeah. yeah all right everybody thank you for listening have a great great love week go be with the people you love and if you know, if you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> I wish I could say I made it up. Love them up. Love them all up. Love them all up. All right, everybody. I'll see you next week. Carice, see you guys. See you soon. Bye. Please,